What's up, everybody? Welcome to After the Final Whistle, a football talk with John and Montel. Now, this is episode five of After the Final Whistle, football talk with John and Montel. Uh, I'm Montel. My co-host is John. Uh, how are you doing today, buddy? I am doing well. How about you today, sir? Hey, man, I'm off on Friday, so I can't be doing bad on an off day. There we go. Yes, sir. Uh, what you got for the injury report? Uh, so injuries, uh, some notable ones. Uh, looks like Joe Burrow with that throat contusion. That that man got rocked in that game against the Packers. Um, glad to just hear he's doing okay. Um, we also have um, Russell Wilson uh, torn ligament and fracture in his throwing hand um, on his uh, middle finger, but it seems like uh, he had surgery end of last week and has already started rehab, so four to eight weeks is the time frame I'm hearing. Um, Christian McCaffrey is still dealing with that hamstring injury, so doesn't seem like he's going to be in this week. He's still not practicing. Um, we had Dalvin Cook, it seems like, come back. So that's good news for your Vikings. It um, is. It would be better if he wasn't made of glass. True, true. Um, Justin Jefferson uh, has been banged up. Seems like. Julio Jones and both A.J. Brown have been practicing, so, you know, start both of those players if you uh, <laughs> wanted to this week. <laughs> um, but the, the, the Tyree Kill has not been practicing, and then uh, George Kittle got put on IR, so keep an eye on those people. Oh, is Kittle IR to return, or he he done for the season? Uh, still doing with that calf. I think it's the calf. Um, they put him on IR, so designated to return after that three-week wait. Not not too bad. Not like it, it's horrible, awful for him. Yeah. Um, I think it's also good news McCaffrey's not playing because, uh, yeah, we give up a lot of things short, and that's the last thing I need is a pass catching back out of the backfield. Torching my Vikings this weekend. Exactly. Um, I know it's not an injury, but uh, I don't have any updated info on Calvin Ridley. Um, not traveling with the team to London last week due to personal issues. Um, Samaj P. Ryan was, and Dallas Goddard are both put on the uh, COVID uh, list. So uh, P. Ryan tested positive like right after the game is when the test came back. So keep an eye on that. Isn't that silly? You let the guy play the game, he tests positive, but there's no like it doesn't sound there's like a, any real like contact tracing. You play a contact sport and someone tests positive for COVID and you don't really hear anything else after that player tests positive. You know, you don't hear anything about the other players needing to quarantine or anything like that it just seems 
they'll make teammates quarantine, but not like opponents is what it sounds like. I haven't heard anything. I heard some. I heard about P. Ryan testing positive, but I didn't hear anybody uh, from the Packers having to do the same uh, in terms of quarantine. Have you? I, I have not. I have not. Um, and then last little bit of injury news I have. Um, seems like uh, Tua is on the verge of coming back from those uh, broken ribs. So next week or two, uh, well, I guess it'd be week or three since they're the London game this week and then they got the bye next. Hey, I think they said he was practicing this week, so that's good for him. I know he took a hard shot a few weeks ago. and uh, Me personally, I've never played quarterback, but I have been hit pretty hard, so I can only imagine – a uh, 250 pound man hitting the old Goldberg special on you, you know. So. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, all the injuries that I have. Um, what do you have for news? Well, uh, Leo Collins of the Cowboys, he had his appeal uh, turned down again for his five game suspension. Uh, he won't suit up this Sunday. Uh, so I don't know if you've been following the story with this. So he originally had a two-game suspension for failing the drug test. Uh, he appealed it. Uh, the league did some investigation, and it turns out he tried to bribe the person that was collecting his specimen at the uh, collection site, and he got his uh, appeal – not appeal, his uh, suspension extended to five games. And he's appealed it twice now and has failed both times. So he's only got a game left to go, so I – uh, he's a nice, solid right tackle, but kind of an uh, idiot. I don't know if I would be brave enough to uh, bribe someone. I guess, you know, it's it's your job. Your job's randomly drug testing you. You probably shouldn't bribe the person that they paid to do that. Kind of dumb. Immature. Yeah. Um, I mean, Cowboys have been looking pretty solid without him. Um, so we'll see what they look like when he gets back. I mean, it should only help that offensive line, but. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, Cowboys have drafted well in their offensive line, so adding more to what was already like the strength of the team, not a Cowboys fan at all, but uh, I can appreciate good line play, and they had a good line for uh, damn near a decade, so I can appreciate good football like that. Uh, next bit of news I got is uh, I just want to clap it up here for Lamar Jackson on being named the AFC Offensive Player of the Week. Um, and I say that because apparently uh, the Ravens had 523 total yards of offense. He accounted for 499 of them. I was about to say, did he account for all 500? 32. Uh, yeah, damn near, yeah. <laughs> so he he had he went 37 for 43 uh, for 442 yards, four touchdowns, no picks. Also had 14 rushes for 62 yards. Now, some of you might be asking how that doesn't add up. He took a sack or two and lost some yards on there. So uh, he has won AFC Offensive Player of the Week uh, eight times since 2018. Unreal. It's like right. dude, dude is on another level. You know, it's like playing – a video game. Yep. And, um, and using his own Yeah, and using his own words, uh, not bad for a running back. 
Right. Not bad for a running back. Throw, you know, yeah, I Lamar Jackson, he he's I'll say it's one of the, the better young quarterbacks in the uh, NFL. So uh, bravo, man. That that's that's a hell of a performance. You missed six passes. I can't replicate that in Madden, my guy. I'd probably be like 20 for 40, 250 yards, four touchdowns, and like seven picks. That's the way I play Madden. So, uh, yeah, I, good job, man. I, I, I just I couldn't help but give that man some, some props and praise. Yeah, yeah. So, congrats to him. Uh, Well-deserved. Yeah, for sure. Uh, next up I've got is uh, apparently it was a historically bad week. Uh, for kicking in the NFL, uh, 13 missed extra points. That's the most since week 11 in 1987. And uh, I'm going to sidebar here a little bit. Uh, the Packers had some some pretty bad luck with, with the kicker this weekend, didn't they? Um, can't, can we just uh, not talk about it? I mean, they weren't the only ones in that game, but uh, no, like but five, or, come on. five or six missed field goals in the last – quarter and overtime for, for just in the Bengals Packers game just in the Bengals Packers game uh okay we'll we'll, we'll talk about <laughs> it a little bit more when you when we talk about our scores I guess but uh yeah <laughs> I'll say this um our kicker had a had a semi-decent week two for three bangs a 55 yarder is five yards short on a 49 yarder hits a 54-yarder to win the game. So I, I really don't know. It's so unpredictable week-to-week week being an NFL kicker. Next I got is I don't know if you've kind of heard anything about the about Kirk Cousins viciously assaulting a 60-year-old man after they won their game <laughs> last, last uh, no. Sunday. So apparently, uh, you know, uh, late, late in the game, you know, Kirk's got 37 seconds to pretty much get about 50 yards, get in the field goal range. Uh, quick pass to a couple quick passes to the Thielen, and I think uh, Osborne caught another pass, but uh, he clocks it. Uh, our kicker, you know, bangs that 54 yarder in, and he freaking grabs Mike Zimmer by the collar and shakes him. And uh, the security guy that was on the sideline thought that they were fighting, and he pulled Zimmer away from. Uh, Kirk, as they were uh, what looks like coming to blows, but Kirk apparently was just saying, Hey, man, you like that? So that's you know, he's just a nerd, that's his thing, it's just kind of hilarious. So, uh, I'll, have, I'll send you the video maybe when, later after we get done recording, but it, you'll probably be like, What the hell is this dude doing? You'll give that old man a freaking heart attack. <laughs> oh, Lord, no, no, this is the first I'm hearing of it. <laughs> yeah, it, you'll, you'll, you'll get a kick out of it. Uh, I, I guess this next part, I'm going to put a bit of a, a trigger warning on on this. Um, we're going to be talking about some of the comments made by John Gruden. Uh, so if you want to skip past this part, um, be my guest. We'll try to limit it to about four or five minutes. Um, so that should put you at about 17 or 18 minutes into the podcast. Uh, so we'll, we'll kick it off by uh, talking about John Gruden. Uh, some of the things that were said by John Gruden, and these are going to be direct quotes. They don't reflect me or John's views. Uh, he called Roger Goodell a quote-unquote faggot and a clueless person who ain't a football – sorry, a clueless football pussy. 
in reference to Michael Sam, he told Jeff Fisher after uh, the NFL uh, allegedly pressured Jeff Fisher into drafting uh, Michael Sam that he shouldn't draft any queers on his team. In reference to DeMarie Smith, the NFL PA executive director, he called him dumb Boris Smith and said he had lips the size of Michelin tires. Uh, the only fallout so far is that uh, Gruden has apparently stepped down as head coach for the Raiders. Uh, he got removed from the Buccaneers Ring of Honor. Some of you all know he won a, a Super Bowl about 20 years ago. Uh, I, I will say this. Um, with him resigning, I don't feel like it It was, uh, I, I guess, uh, a necessary move. Well, let me rephrase. It was a necessary move uh, for that the contract he signed. So he signed like a 10-year, $100 million contract. And if the Raiders would have fired him, they would have had to pay that out. But when, if he resigns, uh, he doesn't have to recoup any of that money. I know it's a, a tough subject, John. You got any, any further comments about it? We got about uh, three and a half minutes we got left. We can talk about it so our listeners can scroll through it if they like. Right. Um, uh, I mean, I'm kind of at a loss for words. Um, disgusted as well. I mean, yeah, he needed, he, he's done in the NFL. Um, and then today I heard that there's some news about possibly Adam Schefter somewhat being involved in all of this, but th that's still, I guess, coming out. So I, I just don't know much about that. Um, so put an asterisk beside that. He may or may not, but um, I mean, yeah, I get that you think those things are not going to become public, but anything you put out there on the internet, email, it's it's there. Um, just, I, I really don't have any words. I mean, he, he deserved more, I feel, but... Um, he shouldn't be involved in any aspect of the league football on any level whatsoever. I'm, I'm with you there. Um, and I, I think as far as like uh, league partners like ESPN, uh, ABC, NBC, all those different kind of uh, avenues, I feel like you can only do justice, you know, not letting him call games and stuff like that because the Raiders actually have a um, openly gay player on their team, Carl Nassib, uh, who actually was forced to take like a, uh, a personal day um, because he didn't feel the need to uh, field all the, the questions from the media. I reckon it would probably be like uh, – me as a as a you know black person having to be the spokesperson for my entire like uh, community and that that's not him dude. he just wants to be left alone so uh, I mean I get it. he's made Gruden, Gruden's kind of screw the pooch here and created quite the the shit show that has to be cleaned up 
Yeah. Um, last few things I'll say on this is I feel like the Raiders knew something was going to happen after that pitiful performance against the Bears where they only scored nine points. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, we're not calling for people to go and harass anybody on whatever side of the fence you fall on. Um, so respect people's privacy um, and just respect people in general. But the world we live in, that's easier said than done. Right. And we got about 20 seconds, so I'm going to end it with this. Um, the league apparently let the Raiders know that they had this stuff on Thursday or Friday of last week. So they let them coach a game, and they weren't going to do anything until their hand was forced. Uh, but we're going to, like I said, we're going to leave it there. We're, we're at the 19-minute mark on our, our recording, and we'll move on to uh, how did our fantasy teams do. Uh, how you, how'd you do this week in fantasy, John? Uh, once again, came down to another Monday night miracle. Um, needed the Ravens defense to score like six or less points to win in the money league, and they scored zero. <clears throat> and then, well, uh, and yeah, they scored zero points <laughs> on the defensive side of the ball. The Ravens did this week. <clears throat> and then, um, Sorry that I had to beat you again um, back-to-back weeks. Yes, um, beat me like a, a orphan child with red hair, but that, that's fine. Uh, but, uh, you know, there, there's a, there, there's always next time, which is about four or five weeks down the road uh, in the Money League. We got each other again. Oh, cool. I'll, I'll avenge myself. Yeah, after what you did, I'm, I'm terrified. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about that in the money league. Um, so if anyone's been tuning in for the uh, past five weeks, I was bitching about uh, losing 180 to like 100 or something like week one. Um, I actually, which at the time that was like the highest score scored in the league. A couple weeks later, I scored the second highest score, which was like 187. Uh, this week, uh, I scored 223, and my opponent scored 120. Uh, he got so pissed that he actually uh, sent some communication to our commissioner that it was unfair and there was some chicanery going on. But, uh, yeah, I was happy about that. Um, hopefully I have another good week this week. You know, I've got uh, a lot of players questionable, uh, four, in fact, and then four on buys. So I really am struggling with depth here right now. So, um, and like, John said in the other than the league we play for free, our fun league, that uh, he beat me. And, uh, yeah, I made some bad decisions, uh, mainly being sitting Justin Herbert, uh, who scored 47 points, and uh, I lost by, like, 30. So, I, I will you know. say the reason why I won both leagues is because uh, you and my opponent in the money league both set Justin Herbert. So, thank you. Well, I didn't ex- expect a freaking shootout. You know what I mean? It's freaking San Diego and the, and the damn – in Cleveland. Cleveland scored like 14 points the week before. I didn't, I didn't think they were going to put up Denver 50. So that's why I was like, I'll, I'll sit down. I'll sit him and I'll try out Daniel Jones, who apparently got freaking concussed in like the second damn quarter. 
Uh, I'm just gonna. I'm yeah. gonna stop and move on because if I don't, I'll get on a uh, a rant. And uh, yeah, I'm not, not not this week. Nope, I'm not doing it this week. <laughs> so we'll we'll move on to some of our predictions from last week. Uh, your record for last week was two and one. Uh, I think it's a clone of last week too, right? Weren't you two and one last week? I, I was two and one last week as well. Okay. Overall is eight and three. Uh, you predicted that the Ravens would beat the Colts 24 to 10. They won 31 to 25. So you get that one. Let's see. Hold on just a second. Fix that. There we go. Uh, you predicted the Browns would win uh, 17 to 14. They actually lost 47 to 42. Yeah, uh, you predict- I did not see that one coming at all. I I did not expect to shoot out, especially with with Baker being hurt like he was. Like he looked horrible the, the week last week against the Vikings. So I didn't think he'd have the uh, arm strength to throw enough passes to get to forty plus points. Well, yeah, and then like think about it. No matter if you were the Chargers or the Browns, I mean, you put up forty. 40- plus points and lose like that's that's a defensive fix that needs to happen like quick fast and in a hurry <laughs> oh if it was mad and i'd probably fire the coordinator like mid-season but i'm just petty that's really what it boils down to so your last game was uh packers and Bengals. you picked predicted the packers would win 28 to 24 you're pretty close. Packers won 25 to 22. I don't even know how the hell you score 22 uh, if you're the Bengals. But we were talking last week about not sleeping on the Bengals because I got to watch them blow up week one, you know. So, uh, yeah, they're apparently, I think they're, what, two and three? So they're, they've got the same record as a lot of the uh, teams. Like, I think uh, the Patriots have one, the Steelers, Seahawks, they all are, they're all two and three. Uh, nobody probably imagined in their wildest dreams that the Bengals and the Seahawks, Steelers, etc., would have a similar record. So, you no know, playoff team. I don't know. Who knows? But I think they're. We'll see. I think they're decent, more decent than I uh, gave them credit for, and I'm sure they, like I said last week, that anybody with any common sense probably gave them at the beginning of the season. Uh, so I. Went one and two overall, four and seven. I'm not doing good at all. I predicted Buffalo would lose 28 to 31 to the Chiefs. They won 38 to 20. I was on the Raiders bandwagon. I said the Bears would lose 10 to 27. They won 20 to nine. And I predicted the Vikings would win 34 to 14. They won 19 to 17. Uh, we both did some bonus predictions about the Jets Falcons, and we didn't really count it towards our record. Uh, John predicted Jets seven, Falcons fourteen. I predicted Jets twenty-one, Falcons twenty. Uh, the Jets end up losing twenty to twenty-seven. So uh, I guess neither one of us gave them quite the credit that those teams deserved. So, no, just I was not expecting the Falcons to do much because of all of the. They haven't. That's offensive the side of the ball issues they were having just with players not being there. But uh, right, Pitts balled out. 
Cordero being Cordero. <laughs> Even Mike Davis had a good game. Cordero, you know, he's like one of the only players. He's like the second player since I've been playing fantasy that has the running back wire receiver like designation. Not not flex, but he's listed in NF in the on ESPN as a wide receiver, comma, running back. So, uh, yeah, he's a weapon. I wish the Vikings would have done more with him when he was with them. But, uh, you know, I was almost six years ago he, he was gone. So, happy yeah. for me. He, he's, he's shining. I, I know he's he's a star that I thought he could be. Yeah. Um, before we move on, um, are the Bills legit? And what the hell is going on with the Chiefs? Are the Bills legit and what is going on with the Chiefs? I think the Bills are legit. Um, I think right now they're probably like the 1A team in the AFC with uh, the other one probably being the Ravens being 1B. Uh, But I, I think they're legit, and I really can't tell you what's going on with the Chiefs, man, like, uh, it's almost like Mahomes has, like, the Madden curse, but he had that a couple years ago when he got hurt. So, I I, I don't know. What are your thoughts on it? Like, I, I think the Bills might go all the way um, because, I mean, I got smacked in the mouth week one, and that was a wake-up call, and they've just been balling out since. And the Chiefs, it's like – they don't have much of an offense, it seems like, and their defense is, can't stop anything at any position. So I, I don't know. My um, favorite saying is, is that the defense couldn't stop a nosebleed with the pampon. And right now that seems to be the case. Because, I mean, they can't stop the running back. They can't stop the passing game. They can't score enough points to keep up with anybody. The offense is doing what they can, but when you have a defense that can't stop anybody. Yeah, you can't put up 40 and give up 40 and expect to win many games in this league. No. So, you know, I'm feeling pretty confident about the Super Bowl prediction on the AFC side of things, but the NFC side... Yeah, the NFC side is... I'll say uh, I'll say this, and you being a, a fan of an NFC team too, the NFC uh, is from top to bottom is a better conference than the AFC. The AFC is always like super top heavy, and it's always like the same like seven or eight teams that make the playoffs, right? But with the AFC, you could have I'm sorry, with the NFC, you could have anywhere between like eight and twelve teams fighting for a playoff spot deep into the season. With the AFC, it's pretty much locked up like midway through the season. You know who the contenders are and who the pretenders are, and that's not the case with the NFC. I can I can agree with that. Um, I mean, there's always on the NFC side of things, like the same two, three teams. Um, but you feel pretty confident making it to the playoffs, so... We'll see if the Chiefs can write that uh, ship. But, I mean, each week that passes, it's like, I don't think they're going to. Yeah, no, I'm still uh, I'm still sticking with the Bills-Tampa Bay. 
uh, in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I I went Bills Chiefs, and I might be um, rethinking the Chiefs half of it. No, Chiefs can't go if the Bills go. They're both in the AFC. Oh yeah, um, I think I said I don't remember who my predictions were then, but. It'd be it'd be interesting. I, I wish. I mean, you say that, but I really do wish uh, the NFL just did like do like you do in in college football and high school. Let the best teams fight it out, regardless of conference. Kind of makes more sense, but I don't know nothing. I'm just a, a dude who watches football and yells at it when my team does bad. So yeah, same. And I get confused by. Which teams are in which uh, conference? Sometimes. <laughs> no, you're good. I literally, uh, I, I just got off Madden like two hours ago, so I was scrolling through and so on. So it's kind of cheating for me. All right. So shall we get on <laughs> to this week's? Yeah, well, yeah. What you got? Uh, <clears throat> I think you got you got Chiefs at. Let me let me get this right. Washington football team. Cardinals at Browns and Packers at Bears. What you want to kick it off with? I'll start off at the top. Um, I'm calling the upset. Is, well, I'm yeah. not even going to say it's an upset anymore. Um, I'm taking the Washington football team over the Chiefs. Um, I'm going to say 33 to 27. 33 to – oh, shoot. Okay, yeah, I'll fix it. 33 um, – okay. I can see it. I mean, the the uh, I want to say Redskins so bad, but we can't say it. The Washington football team, they have probably one of the, the better front sevens you'll find. And even with like a net quarterback play, their defense usually keeps them in game. So uh, I, I don't know kind of like what you said, what's going on with the Chiefs, but they need to get it together quick if they want to make a playoff run. Yeah, and then uh, I have the Cardinals at uh, oh geez, second team again. Cardinals at Browns. Browns. Um, I want to say Cardinals are going to end up winning it. Um, they got. Uh, I think they're still going to stay undefeated. Um, so um, they got too many offensive side or offensive weapons. Um. <laughs> You know what? Let, let's say uh, forty-two to thirty-five. Good. Okay, I thought you were about to say forty-two to three. I was like, good God. <laughs> no, high-scoring game. Like you, <laughs> like you said, a win, not a complete massacre. Good God. Okay. Uh, then Packers versus the Bears. Uh, gonna go with the Duh, Bears. Uh, I mean. We got Randall Cobb back, who is nicknamed the Bear Killer. <laughs> the Lava King Killer. Uh, what are you talking about? The Bear Killer, because it seems like he balls out every time he plays against the Bears. And He's done that to a lot of teams. <laughs> uh, then, uh, I mean, I think Jalen Smith will be in the game. So that defense just each week seems to be finding its feet a little bit more. So I'm going to say, you know, let's say 28 to 10. 
Okay. Uh, I mean, black and blue division. I, I can see that. Uh, and honestly, it's at it's at Chicago. If the Bears had a more competent quarterback, uh, which I mean, Phil's a rookie. I mean, what, what can you do, dude? He's a rookie. Um, the game would probably be, you know, a little closer. But uh, I think. Rodgers is on a on a mission to to prove that uh, Green Bay screwed up by drafting a quarterback instead of like some actual offensive weapons a couple years ago. So uh, yeah, I think he's gonna he might score every touchdown that they have. Roger, um, you know. Yeah, but uh, let let's be honest. Yes, uh, the the Bears have a rookie quarterback, but if they had a competent head coach. Yeah, okay. Yeah, you know, you know my story with Matt Nagy. He's completely like he's re- okay. I'm no, I'm not doing it. You're not gonna, <laughs> sir. You won't gaslight me this week and talking bad about Matt Nagy, who is complete garbage. Matt Nagy, come on, man. We all know he's just been lucky. <laughs> he, God, now I, I have to do how. it. Okay. Now I have to do it. Okay. He only, the only reason he, he has been a competent head coach uh, is, one, they, they traded for Khalil Mack. Two, they got really lucky with Akeem Hicks uh, in free agency, uh, blowing up like he did. And then Roquan Smith being like a freaking all-pro his rookie season till now. Um, yeah. Luck, luckiest effing coach in the league. I'm, I'm done. No, that's all I'm going to say. Oh, I'm disappointed. I was expecting it to be longer. <laughs> no. I, <laughs> no, I, I want it to be so bad, but I'm fighting it in, internally. I'm just going to move straight into my scores now. Um, I've got Raiders at Broncos, Cowboys at Patriots, Vikings at Panthers. I, as I'm talking, I just feel irritated now. So, um, Then my job I is... Think- like- <laughs> I mean, fair enough. I mean, it's, it's like a it's like a full time job, you know. Uh, Raiders at Broncos. Uh, I think there's just too much controversy now with the Raiders. Don't think they'll be focused. Uh, you know, I love Teddy Two Gloves, so I'm gonna say uh, Raiders ten, Broncos twenty four. And this is the first week I've gone against the Raiders, by the way. I I can see that. Um, Plus, you know, uh, Teddy Two Gloves has been pretty solid for the Broncos. I mean. Mm -hmm. I miss him, man. uh, Yeah, and when the backup is Drew Locke, who we've seen can't run an offense. Um, So he needs to just protect himself, stay healthy for the Broncos to continue the success they've had this year. Yeah, and uh, kind of like years past, you know, their defense is, is carrying them. It's kind of that that uh, Belichick philosophy, you know. We don't have to score a ton of points. We just have to score, I know this is dumb to say, more than you and and uh, let, our, let our defense shoulder the load. So, 
Yeah, I, I, I think that'll be a uh, that'll be a uh, I won't say a good game. It's AFC West matchup, but I think uh, the Broncos won't even. They may not even give up ten, to be honest. So we'll see. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. Uh, my my next one, Cowboys at Patriots. Uh, man, Dak is playing out of his freaking mind. Uh, but Belichick also uh, is he's a def- defensive minded head coach, and uh. You know, he's so my question, since you know, we both know Belichick likes to take away your number one option. Mm-hmm. What is the number one option on the Cowboys? The number one option uh, on the Cowboys, it's probably going to be CD Lamb. I think they'll, I don't think the the Patriots will respect that run game very much with Zeke, even though Zeke's a good running back. I think they'll probably play with more like uh, seven in the box, probably play a lot of too high. Uh, they've just got way too many little weapons. Uh, so I yeah. think they'll, they'll probably uh, double CD and put their best corner on uh, Amari and make the Cowboys – Beat them uh, with Zeke, or maybe like uh, I forget who the tight end is. The Dallas Goddard. Nah, that's uh, for the Eagles. Uh, there's Dalton Schultz. And yeah, yeah, Darwin. Dalton Schultz. Thank Darwin. Yeah. And then you also maybe. can't forget Cedric Wilson, who's a pretty solid wide receiver three. So I mean, as, as much as uh, we they get made fun of, the Cowboys have. A lot of offensive weapons, so it's going to be difficult. Plus, yeah, Zeke hurting himself on the pylon? Question mark. <laughs> like, yeah, he's he's not a very he's an Ohio State guy, so not very smart. Yeah, I, I think it'll probably be Cowboys twenty-seven, Patriots seventeen. I just think. Dak and Co. will probably be too much. And Mac Jones, you know, he, he's looked good. Uh, but he's a – I don't trust Ricky quarterback, you know. Uh, so, I think um, so I think the, the – go ahead. Do you think uh, Diggs is going to get, like, his fifth or sixth interception on the season in this game? Probably get fifth, sixth, and seventh. <laughs> They, that man just knows how to uh, play the ball in the air. But I guess when you're the brother of Stephon Diggs. Yeah. Uh, so I'll, I'll talk about, about him a little bit. Uh, he, he, as you know, he went to Alabama. Uh, he actually came to Alabama as a wide receiver. Uh, and Nick Saban told him he was going to switch the corner. So naturally, uh, he called his brother, Stephon, who was playing for the Vikings at the time, uh, pretty much in tears that he was no longer going to be a playmaker at Alabama. I think it's worked out pretty good for him, don't you think? You think Nick Saban probably knew what the hell he was talking about? I think it worked out just fine for him. 
I mean, right. It may not yeah. be playmaking on the offensive side of the ball, but he's a playmaker on the defensive side of the ball, which is just as important. Right. And to be honest, like, I know we don't talk about college football on this podcast, but Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs, Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle, where were you going to get game in, bro? <laughs> right. You weren't going to get any game time with every one of those dudes I just named within the last three years have gone in the first round and the NFL draft playing wide receiver. There's no way you would have gotten any game time. No, no. And I guess my uh, last prediction, I've got Vikings and Panthers. Panthers were on a nice little hot streak at the beginning of the season. They dropped two. Uh, Vikings are two and three. And I think the uh, Panthers are three and two. So Vikings are seeking to be 500. And the Panthers are seeking to stay above 500. Hmm. I mean, I'm not saying that he's the main point of the offense, but with McCaffrey, they were 3-0. and Without him, they're 0-2. Yeah, and that's kind of like what I'm, what I'm waving off here. I, the Vikings, you know, we got a lot of weapons, and uh, we have more than what they have, but uh, their defense is – I'd probably say we have a C-tier defense. They probably have like a – an A-tier defense, you know what I mean? And we don't do very good with these big D-lines and stuff. We get thrown around quite a bit in the run game and stuff. Uh, I, I think the Vikings, if McCaffrey does not play, I think the Vikings will probably win this 24-17. to 17. If McCaffrey does play, uh, I'm, I'm asked. And I drop another game in our, our, our game for funsies here. What did I say, 14 or 17? Uh, you said 17. 17, okay. Uh, Should we do the London game again just for funs or no? Yeah, I, I'm down, dude. I don't know who's playing. You, you kick it off. Uh, it is the Jacksonville Jaguars versus the Miami Oh, God, Jaguars. not again. I'm telling you. <sighs> It, it, <laughs> London, I'm sorry. Like you get to you, the teams that are the bottom of the barrel in the NFL. And what did, I, mean, what did I say last week? I called them the freaking London Jaguars because they always freaking play in London. Yep. Um, if not, nah, man, I don't know. If Tua plays, it's probably going to be the Dolphins, but. Trevor Lawrence has actually looked pretty pretty solid the past two weeks, and he's been, like, top ten in fantasy the past two weeks, too. So, I mean, he's getting it done. Um, you know what? Just because of Phil, Phil for him, um, I'm going to say Jags get their first win. I don't know, 26-20. Okay, hold on one there. Uh, Dolphins 20. Sorry, I have to type this into the, the thing. You said Jags 26? Yes, sir. Okay, so that's John. Okay, so um, 
I'm with you. I don't know if two is going to play. Uh, I feel like uh, I think his name is Brian Flores, the head coach for the Dolphins, is a lot more competent than what Urban Meyer is in the NFL. Uh, so I'm going to say Dolphins win this one. 27 to 10. Which I think that's fair. I mean, it seems like with them tanking, you know, uh, they might actually want to lose the game on pur- purpose and make some hot tracks. <laughs> at this rate, man, I don't think the Jags go win. If the, if the Jags lose to the Dolphins, they probably go winless this year. I can see that. Um, I don't know if you caught any of the game last week, but like in the stands, like there were people with jerseys for all 32 teams in it. So they just love football, man. They just, they, 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 they love their football over there. Take your pick. You can't have you can't have the Dolphins. You can have the Jags. I just you know, could you imagine if they actually got some teams that were able to like fighting for a playoff spot instead of just fighting for one or two wins. You know, I, I wish that they would flex like one good game over their like mid season. You know what I mean? If you got a team that's like uh we'll say uh seven and three and six and four, I'd much rather watch that than a one and five and an oh and uh, what are they? Sorry, one and four and oh and five team. So, yeah. I mean, we'll say, like, uh, I would much rather, even as much as I hate, like, the Cowboys and the Saints, I'd much rather watch the Cowboys play the Saints over in London versus what they got the last two weeks. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, I think it would be a good idea to get some better teams over there. I think part of the problem is I think uh, ownership has to, like, be in agreement to play over there. Because it is like a little cost prohibit- prohibitive, you know. It's going to cost a little bit more to get people to and fro. Right. I don't think the league covers all of that. I think it uh, – for instance, I found out last week that uh, players apparently have to pay for their own hotel rooms. They get taken out of their check. So, oh, jeez. Okay. Uh, yeah, I thought that was kind of shaky. So, I don't know about travel. Like, that kind of makes it a little bit worse. I mean, they're getting – teams that aren't doing too good uh, I mean for the players and then you got to pay for your own hotel room and then like if you get any fines you got to pay for that it's just it's horse, that's just it's, a lot to horse, take in it's horse poop yeah, it, yeah. It, maybe it'll get better you know um, let, me, let me ask you this because we're talking about it out of Mexico City Vancouver and London. Which city do you think is most likely to get a team first? And it could be an expansion team or a team can uh, relocate from somewhere. Well, aren't the Jags like trying to relocate to London? Or I, I thought I heard that a few years ago. Like that's why they have so many games over there. Um, Maybe I'm just misremembering. I don't know if it was a try or if it was just a deal they struck with the league because 
uh, I think like uh, I think you get a slightly bigger like revenue split for that game or something like that if you play over in overseas like that. Gotcha. Um, out of the three, it I'd probably lean towards Vancouver first. Um, I mean, NBA has Toronto Raptors. I mean, NHL has you know, quite a few teams up in Canada and then even baseball, Toronto Blue Jays. So I, I could see Vancouver being probably towards the top of the list, if not at the top. Interesting. I was going to say uh, Mexico City uh, just because it's about the size of like the market, you know, in terms of like the market, it's about the size of like a L.A. market, you know. Uh, interesting. Yeah. Well, maybe if we do this in a couple of years when there's, <laughs> uh, you know, cause you know that I, I think they do want to eventually expand to like 34 or 36 teams, but it's just finding the markets for it. So, yeah. I mean, at the same time, I mean, they're pretty much probably capped out of what they can make in the, the States nationally. So where do you go from there? International. So it's just trying to find the right fit. I'm sure. Right. And, uh, yeah, I'd, yeah, it'd be interesting. We'll, we'll see how it goes. Uh, you, you got anything else you want to cover before this episode's over? Um, one last piece of uh, injury news that I forgot to talk about. Um, Saquon Barkley and his uh, twisted ankle that swelled up like a balloon. Dude, it looked like an effing softball. I thought he legit pulled a Dak Prescott. So, like, durability issues with him? Because, I mean, outside of the first year or two, I don't think he's put in a full season. Mm-mm. Someone, someone on Reddit said he's the, the Carson Wentz of the running back position, and I cried. Oh. But the difference between Carson Wentz and Saquon is uh, Carson will come back in on two sprained ankles. <laughs> no different positions. Yeah. I mean, sprained ankle on a running back. You can't make the cuts. You can't do any of that. But and then Zeke hurting himself on the the, the pylon at the touchdown. Yeah, I meant to ask you, what happened? Like, explain that to me. So he was like, I guess from what I read, he was diving for the end zone, got pushed out landed on the pylon with the camera in it on his back and like I guess something in his back hurt got hurt set out for like five minutes and then came back in and still ran for like 110 yards well uh, I'll say kind of like a comment on that with that being one of the more popular teams in the, the, the league I'm talking about the Cowboys <laughs> they may or may not get rid of those pylon cams so it actually gets hurt on them. Right. I mean, I understand why they have it there. Different camera angle and all that for reviews. Put a but, cameraman there, bums. Yeah, I mean, there, there's got to be a more safer way. It just, in a way, kind of reminded me a few years ago when Randall Cobb was mic'd up and, like, his lung got hurt 
or punctured or something like that because he was mic'd up. Yep, and they so mic'd up. Some of the stuff is like great, but most of the time it's just dudes yelling. It to me, I'd be part. I would much rather like have a microphone just above the uh, line of scrimmage so you can hear that stuff. I don't care about the mic. Uh, kind of like you said, it, it's dangerous and kind of unnecessary. They only it only exists for NFL films. I don't even think teams find any use in it. So. Yeah, in a way, it kind of makes me chuckle to myself a little bit. They're like, we want to make the game more safer, but we're going to put these things on the field that may or may not hurt you. Right. We want to make the game safer when it's convenient, but we also want to maximize our our money on our investments. Hypocrisy at its finest. Yeah, uh, but that's like the last little bit I had. Uh, how about you? You got anything else? Nope. Uh, all I've got is our our typical little outro we do. Uh, if you got a question you want to ask on air, you should be able to find the voicemail option in the show notes. Questions uh, on on air. If you have a question that you feel more comfortable emailing, our email is after the final whistle podcast at gmail.com. Uh, we're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Google Pod- Podcasts, Pocket Cast, and uh, there are some other platforms that are a little lesser known. You can check those out on our Anchor page. But other than that, man, I'm good. Uh, we appreciate y'all tuning in. All right. Uh, until next week, everybody, take care. Peace.